I'm Dave. I'm Rob. I'm Richard. And I'm Mark. And this week we're looking at Chubby Chumps, also known as Radio 2, also known as The Beauty Contest, also known as Housewives, and also known as Miss Housewife. First broadcast on the 24th of February 1975, which was a Monday at 9pm. Rob, what did you think of Chubby Chumps? I loved it. I know that's probably going to shock most of you, but I really enjoyed it. I thought that the show traded on a lot of satiric elements that it was, you know, working through. And I think it was really good from that perspective. I I had a lot of fun with this one. Mark, thank you for joining us again. It's always a pleasure to have you. What was your view? I'm going to agree with Rob. I actually thought it was one of the best episodes I've seen in a a while. I just think it hit hit all the points. I thought it was fantastic. And I, I laughed a lot. Unlike some of the others I've had to had the pleasure of reviewing, but I actually laughed a lot around this one. Okay, well, my view was that I'm still not sure whether I liked it or not, because I'm really not sure what was going on in this one. <laughs> Richard, what about you? <laughs> Uh, look, I was entertained by it. I probably wasn't quite as taken with it as you two gentlemen. You're quite. It, it is really a satire on BBC Radio. And also probably the stereotyping of a 70s housewife in the UK where she comes out with a shawl on her head and the penny and everything. And the hair and rollers. And the hair and rollers. I don't remember my mother uh, looking like that in the 70s, but uh, yeah. I, I, I think we're probably the last generation who will get anything out of this episode because mm. it relies on... That stereotypical look of, of housewives from the 70s. Now your average housewife is running around in, in leisure gear and... Uh, SUVs. Well, SUVs. They're, they're not sort of, you know, frumps with their hair up in curlers, yeah. are they? I, I suppose the other thing is that the housewives themselves are probably a bit of a dying breed to an extent because now we're in a lot of families where you've got both parents working. Mm. Well, your stay-at-home housewife is maybe Pretty becoming rare. a bit of a dying yeah. breed. Yeah, I actually made the note here that this might be one of the goodies episodes that really has dated in a way that is to its detriment. And, well, as, as anyone here that was born after the 70s, yes, that could be a reason why I actually didn't get it, because although there's a lot of goody stuff that I wasn't around for, I'm very aware of it, and I get it, and I appreciate it, this one, I think, I just looked at it and said, I, I just don't understand what they're saying or what they're satirising or what's really mm. going on. Well, I think the intention, obviously, is, as I said at the start, it's meant to be a satire of... Whatever yes, radio yes. too. Yeah. It's obviously at that particular station, and I guess the people who listen to it, the fact that it's on for board housewives during the day, and they do everything that the DJ says, so they have the cooking segment, which just seems to consist of lard and whale blubber. <laughs> but, but, but even that is almost a dead trope. I mean, daytime FM radio here in, well, at least Melbourne, is a lot of young people talking nonsense for a couple of minutes in between blocks of songs. Yeah. And there's, from what I understand, there's not much in that during daytime FM but radio for, for anyone, really. FM, but this this would be an AM. I mean, the equivalent here would be the AM oh, okay. stuff. But so, I mean, we, you'd be looking uh, sort of ABC AM. We've never oh, okay. really had that culture of the sort of the cult or the iconic DJs, though. I mean, you might get your presenters that present a radio show that cuts to music, but that idea of going to hear your favourite DJ do particular tracks... No, that's never true. really been a thing here. All right, so having had that opening discussion, we'll throw ourselves into the episode and explore it a bit more. Now, it opens with what I've called the fishing sketch, which I actually thought was quite enjoyable. Mm. This, this idea that Graham and Bill have gone away for a weekend fishing to leave Tim to tidy up the house. The spring cleaning, yeah. Do the spring cleaning is quite amusing. This is where it starts to go off the rails a bit for me. 
I didn't get the joke there of why Tim is in bed listening to the radio. Explain this to me. Explain where the episode goes from here. He's just a bored housewife, isn't he? Well, that's the thing. He's impersonating the bored housewife. So he's just lying in bed listening to the radio. He's got a box of chocolates lying on the bed when they first come in. Mm. And then he's been sitting there cooking whatever stuff they've been doing on the cooking program. And then he sort of does his vague exercises Mm. with get fit with Terry or whatever (laughs) it is. When you think about it, for a housewife in the 70s, where your husband is off at work and assuming you have kids there at school, between nine and four or nine and five, what do you have to do other than dust, vacuum, wash and prepare dinner? Well, according Your to the, life is hell, basically. Well, I was going to say, according to the dreaded wheat ad, entertain men. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, and, and, this is why, and this is why you've got Tim devoted to whichever DJ is on the radio talking yeah. back to them because she's got nothing else. Yeah, that's, that's where you lead into that sort of trope of, you know, the wife being chatted up by the milkman yes. and the baker and whatever. And as I said, you then go into the goodies dreaded wheat ad where she's entertaining half the, half the village. So we have the DJ on there and they're doing the recipe. Is, is the joke that in the 70s a lot of these recipes were just made out of lard and, and fat and, and well, they were I mean, particularly nutritious? Like, was that a thing? It, it may simply be a comment on the fact that these DJs had a cult-like hold over the women mm. And no matter what nonsense they spouted, the ladies would just lap it up. And if it is lard and blubber and treacle and suet and whatever, give me more. I think mm. that's what they're sort of satirising yeah, right, there. Okay. Yeah. The DJ that they're basically impersonating for this first third or half of the episode is Terry Wogan, isn't it? The bit that Bill is impersonating, I don't know who that is supposed to be. But the one, the one that's giving Tim the instructions, that's taking them all out on the run and everything, that's, that's Terry Wogan, isn't it? That is Terry Wogan, yeah. After, yeah. And they go on a run to a walk in the Black Forest. They do. They do, yes. Which and got me yes. really excited. <laughs> yes. And they run to the Lazy DJ Health Farm. I just wanted to say that the uh, the head warden uh, at the Fat Farm, he looked familiar. Yeah, so that was played by Cy Town, who probably is most famous for playing a Dalek, but you wouldn't be familiar no. recognising from that. But I think he's been, like, he's, he's one of those guys that's just a ubiquitous extra. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that, pops up in that's probably where I've yeah. seen him then, yeah, somewhere. So they have that whole filmed insert where it's all about the housewives losing weight. There's some interesting gags in that and some very 70s approach to weight loss as well, like where they put them in the vibrating strap, yeah. which is just in every weight loss scene, every sitcom in the 70s, mm. but I've never actually seen in real life ever. No. No. What did you think about... I mean, I know it's done for laughs, but the women are being beaten with cricket bats and being hustled along with whips... Is it? I, I think, what, look, what does I, that speak to? I think once you've gone down the path of satirising the housewife, you're kind of all in, yeah. and that's a part of it. You, you, you either you either do that and you go all in, or you don't go there now. Mm. And you probably wouldn't go there now these days. No. But having gone down that path, I think that it was a. It all it all complemented each other. And given that they look the same and they all sound the same, they're pretty effectively dehumanised anyway. So you're not actually beating up. An individual, you're beating a trope in effect. No, and I suppose the idea is obviously you've got them in this fat camp, and they don't go home until they're until they've slimmed down. Yeah. So of course you have to shivvy them along. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and I guess isn't the point there that it's not that we're laughing at the housewives being beaten; we're laughing at Tim, his reaction, being beaten, yeah. his reaction. Yeah, he's getting titillation over it, so it sort of diffuses it slightly. Interestingly, we go at this point in the episode from Tim kind of sort of being a housewife, not really in drag, but kind of a bit, to just 
full on, he's now a, a woman. Yeah. Yes, Tim- Timberlina Totty Wallop. Yeah. That, yes. That is one of the stranger aspects of the episode because even Bill responds to her as a man does to a woman. Mm. Yes, that was a bit. Um, that was a bit disturbing actually watching that bit, but it was it was very funny but very odd. But what, one of the very good parts in there was the dishpan hands. Oh yes, oh, that was wonderful. Although, yeah. we, although we're not doing ads, it was it was a de facto yeah. ad. It was and smoother mitts. Yes, and just the way they played it, you know, the way Graham dubbed it as well, and then the the, the punchline. Mm. Yeah. They segued into that so effortlessly, didn't they? It was yeah, it was yeah. it was just a beautiful thing to behold. Was Bill expecting the bottle to blow up in his face? I because think so. The way Graham reacts to that was. Do you think that they, they actually had set Bill up? I think they set him up. No, but they might not have done it in rehearsals, and he just you know they were just waiting for it to happen. I mean, Bill seems to be at this point in the series constantly either being splashed in the face with beer or water or, or, or just, mm. you know, smootho mix. Mm. But the audience really responded to they that did. You know what, but the audience responds to any sort of physical humour like that. They love that uh, more than actually, well, I think, the spoken version. I, I suppose by now, I mean, we did make note of the, the audience in earlier episodes. I suppose by now, you really are getting an audience who want to come and see the goodies and mm. know exactly what, or have an expectation when they get in there what they're going to see. Yeah. I mean, we did make note in, in Superstar that the audience really are a bit because they're not getting, I think, what no. they expected to see, that this is like, oh, wow, where are these guys going? But and and the, this episode, the in-studio stuff really caters to the audience because it's not not necessarily a lot of chat, chit-chat. There's a lot of physical stuff going on. There's the, the sewer you know, dumplings being made. There's the you know the dishpan hands with the, the payoff at the end. There's, there's Tim coming in in drag looking magnificent you know they, they can all react to that quite readily i think that rewards yeah. them actually turning up yeah. as an audience and you're seeing the goodies perform yeah, yeah exactly and the reaction is some of them especially are quite rowdy like they go almost soccer hooligan like in their reaction to it. <laughs> mm. yeah and, and i do i do think you're, you're right though rob whether or not bill Lottie was expecting i think maybe he expected to sort of squirt him a bit and it just explodes. Yes, and then maybe you know, the prop guys put you know, a little bit too much into it or something. Yeah. And maybe that's why they all react too much. Because yeah. it went from, oh, it's going to squirt him a bit. So, wow, it's just covered him, in, yeah. covered him in stuff. So at this point, Graham calls into the radio show and gets the DJ to use the phrase, fat old bats, yes. on, <laughs> on air, which promptly gets him sacked. And a load of old crows, wasn't it? Yes, a load of old crows. Yeah, there were there were a few lines in there, and I guess you know there had to be lines that were bad enough to get Terry Woden sacked. Mm-hmm. At which point, Graham decides to go and get himself a new job. <laughs> <laughs> now, does anybody disagree that the next five minutes is anything other than the outstanding highlight of this episode? It's a Graham Garden it, show. It takes off. The episode well, really is, takes yeah. flight. It really yeah. becomes a Graham Garden show for yeah. the next five minutes. Yeah. So he arrives at BBC Radio, which is a in, in, in the middle of a sort of built-up forest, covered in you know vultures, cobwebs, uh, the security, the, the dead security guard out the front. Yes. And it's clearly made that it's a poorer cousin of the television. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's just just an abandoned other yeah. place. Uh, yeah. Did we all notice the? I'm sorry, I'll read that again. Graffiti on yes. the back on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which I think got the response from the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it did. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and we then get to Graham doing all sorts of impersonations, including I love the line, "Your top DJs who talk all about and all the way through your favourite." <laughs> <laughs> that is BBC One to a T. It, it yeah. is. So it starts off with him doing the Archers, yeah. and he's doing all the voices and. You know, well, that, yeah, was that Walter Gabriel? Walter Gabriel. Walter Gabriel. Yeah, Walter yep. Gabriel. Yep. Uh, then gets into the DJs. Now, do we need to run through who these DJs yes. were? We I think does, we should. He also does Eddie Rearing as well. 
Yes, I think yes. Uh, it's more yeah. common from casting from Wigan. But, but the way Graham delivers that as well is just really, really good because there's that that little pause. He says, "I oh, will we'll bring you the results of that game as soon as we get you an interpreter." Yeah. <laughs> My man love for Graham is well known. I think people know. <laughs> one of his key abilities is the impersonation, and it just it shines right through this particular segment. Yeah. It's just great. So, Mark, I believe you have a list of the DJs that Graham is impersonating. Yes, first one, unfortunately, is Jimmy Savile. Well, and then uh, Graham goes clunk click, like that. Uh, clunk click was a TV show that uh, Mr. Savile hosted in, I think, 1973. It had various guests on with uh, children in the audience. Let's move on from that. Clunk, it was like a it was like a variety uh, show. Yeah, variety show for kids. No. Um, but there's also a safety campaign called Clunk Click. Oh, well. I was going to say I know the safety campaign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also he then went we went through, into Tony Blackburn, who was a doll. Mannequin. Yes, mannequin. that's right. He was a mannequin. The exactly. trilogist stomach. Who only likes bubblegum music. Bubblegum music. <laughs> and uh, we get another mention of little, little Jimmy Osmond. Jimmy Osmond. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, it goes into Alan Freeman or Fluff. Hello, pop pickers. Yeah. yeah he used to have a chart countdown show. Oh, okay. So who's Emperor Caligula that Graham is doing? I'm assuming it's meant to be Emperor Roscoe who was a DJ in the 60s and 70s. I think he started out on Pirate Radio Station. Oh, okay. On pirate radio stations, and then actually had a career at the BBC. I think he was an American chap, actually. Yes, he was. There you go. Mike Pasternak or something his name was. Something like that. He eventually relocated back to the States. He may have been working on, I think it's Sirius XFM or something like that. Okay. One of the satellite uh, stations. But he's still alive from what I read a month or two back. Hmm. Yeah, so de- definitely a lot of very topical references, but this, this is just Graham Garden... Going off. Unplugged. Yeah. Yeah. Unplugged. Yeah, yeah that's unplugged. a good way to put it. And the audience is just absolutely yeah. loving it. And it's it's great to see. But as it goes on, he realises the power that he has over the population as a as a DJ. <laughs> and, and, and the note I've written here is, Graham Garden goes Barney, exclamation mark. Yeah. Mark, what have you written? Power mad again, exclamation mark. <laughs> <laughs> that said, though, it doesn't really go anywhere. Like, I, I would have thought at this point... This would be where Graham kind of goes on his pirate radio goodies or uh, you know, Black Witch, yeah. I want to take over the world sort yeah. of thing. And mm-hmm. That could have been a very interesting episode to see him now use his DJ power to try and take over Britain. Yes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really do that, though. It actually ends to... Well, uh, we'll ask you the question here. We, we're not coming to the end, but I'll ask the question now. Was Graham deliberately setting up a plan to win the prize money that he just hoped Bill would work out, or did Bill just assume that's what he was doing and it actually wasn't what Graham was doing? Because Graham seems to be a bit surprised when Bill turns up. Mm. I think that they probably could have gone through another draft of the script at that point, because mm. it is a muddle. Mm. You know, it, you're right, it, it, Graham does appear to be surprised but thankful that Bill uh, Certainly at the end. On. I mean, as it's presented on screen, I think in the middle part of the episode... He's just gone through the whole thing, getting Terry Wogan to say that he thinks that you know the larger housewives are a pack of old cows or whatever it is he calls them. But, so, so of course he says we don't care whether you're large or small yeah. or pretty or ugly. We love you all yeah. and get out and eat whatever you want, get as fat as you want, and we still love you. And then of course they go on the rampage. I think but, at that point, if you're, we're looking at it as a, a story, I think Graham is attempting to undermine. The yes. whole DJ thing mm. by getting you know a key exponent to expose his real feelings about the, his audience, and then what happens after that is, well, by the by, by the by, yeah. I think, even though he does get caught up in the sort of the power mad thing, just with that last bit of that segment where he's you know he's, he's doing all the voices, 
I thought perhaps in his performance, he lost a bit of control of it because whilst I did enjoy it, at the end of it, I thought he could have gone Pirate Radio Goody crazy. And that was a very focused performance. But I think in this bit, it lost, because of the intensity, he lost a bit of it there. And I thought the joke at the end, he missed the mark a little bit. Oh, okay. Hmm. So it moves on then to the next filmed insert, which is The Housewives Running Amok. Yes. That was that was okay. Yep. I thought that was actually the right length. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. a fair comment. And then they get to the beauty show where Bill gets to do a bit of a rendition of Lay Girls. Uh, you have Lionel Blair. None of that. Making another appearance, of course, <laughs> in reference to Lionel, Lionel Blair. Blair. Yeah. Michael Asperin yes. makes another appearance. Now, this ends with Michael Aspel actually turning up as Michael Asperin and being so repulsed by the winners of the contest, he goes and shoots himself. <laughs> I thought that was some a stagehand supposed to be shooting him. No, no, no. no, no he what? shot himself. He, no, <laughs> he shot himself rather than yeah. Go back out on stage. Mm. Yeah, that was a little bit off. A little bit. A little yeah. bit. I don't know. I laughed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, you know, I mean, we're seventies, and we've got macho. We've got men who are uh, who, who like good-looking women, and the prospect of having to, you know, front up with these sort of overweight house crones. You know, the the comedic reaction there is to not want to do it to the point where you blow your brains out. I liked it. That's just me. They'd be calling it fat shaming if that was on. Well, I would now. Yeah, now most definitely. Fat shaming, yeah. 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 Well, it's a bit initially where, where Tim wins the money. Yes. Prior to that, he Mrs. Timberlina Totty Walloper, Miss Miss Cricklewood. Yes. yes. <laughs> yes. Well, Mrs. Cricklewood. That's a, I, that scene on stage. I, I really enjoyed that, especially the reaction of one of the judges. Oh, the milkman. <laughs> <laughs> who, who basically zero, <laughs> zero, and then there's the nines. Yeah, and the nines and for Tim. As well, then he has to go and uh, yeah, kiss one. Yeah. Yes, that was. I thought this thing about the fat shaming thing, where they sort of Graham alludes to, they're going to go and get them into their bathing costumes for the swimsuit parade. Yes, and then of course everybody's. A, no, maybe we'll leave that one go and we'll just move on to the... <laughs> yeah, a lot of this episode is stuff that you couldn't do yes. now in comedy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Although it does also have the gag where he says, we don't want to think about that. Then the judge screams. He says, someone clearly did think about that. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes all in, that judge. He, he screams. Yeah. screams. Right, yeah. It was full on, yeah. <laughs> so at some point they work out that this is all some sort of trick by Graham. And again, it, I don't think it quite holds together, that no. stuff. No. But it leads into a, well, initially what you could almost call a reverse Benny Hill, mm. which is the housewives chasing the goodies. Yeah. Mm. Uh, there's a very weird thing where Bill gets flattened. Yes. Yeah, that's actually quite a clever effect. There's yes. a lot of clever effects up yeah. in that sequence, actually. And then they blow him up, he floats away. There's, there's all sorts of stuff here. The climax, of course, being that having chased the goodies for so long, the housewives are now thin mm. and attractive mm. so they blow their clothes off they're all wearing bikinis cue the Benny Hill theme music and off they go and yeah. look I think that if nothing else that Benny Hill ending just makes it really clear that this is not a homage to but part of that entire Benny Hill 70s sexy comedy yep. uh, that, that, is, that is a dated form of comedy that you mm. just don't see anymore no. so this episode is I think an episode of the goodies that has dated both of its references and its tone. Yeah. We all got some laughs out of it along mm. the way, some mm. more than others. I mean, Rob Mark, you clearly got a lot out of this oh, one. Absolutely. I think the Benny Hill, because we, we grew up in that generation where it was on. I wouldn't uh, say that it was the Benny Hill aspect that really got me. In actual fact, I didn't watch much Benny Hill and I didn't no, like it. I, it was I'd on. be honest and say, I, thinking back over the episode just while we've been discussing it, 
that that last probably montage and the ending really was probably the bit that really fell flat for me. I didn't really get much out of that as well. Like you, I don't even remember Benny Hill really ever being on in our house. I don't think. No, I mean no. I know it was on, but no, I was it wasn't say, something that I found. It, I was too young for it. Yeah, our, our TV was sort of probably welded to the ABC. <laughs> I, <don't> think. <laughs> I think after about seven o'clock. So well, luckily, I was blessed and watched it. But this is not the first, and it will not won't be the last time that the final segment of the Goodies episode is, shall we say, one joke drawn out for four or five minutes yeah. to, to get to yeah. the thing. Yeah. 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 And I think I think that's happened here. Look, the story clearly finished. They needed to do that final chase scene, and I reckon that chase scene was just dragged out for as long as it took to get to, you know, the minimum yeah. running time to, yeah. get, to, yeah. to get the credits. Yeah. Any other general points we want to make about the episode? I did note the bit where they cook the cat in the oh, oven. Yes, yes. Um, yes I did. Now, now, when Hale and Pace did it about 10 or 15 years later, that elicited howls of protest. Really? Yeah. Because yes. oh, yes. the gag Hale and Pace did was they said, oh, no, they, we're going to microwave the cat. And they said, oh, no, we wouldn't microwave a cat on national television. Here's one we did earlier. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, but this, actually, they put the cat in the oven. Not only do they put the cat in the oven, they take the cat out and they're gnawing on it. <laughs> Billy's actually gnawing, going, mm, he's a bit burnt, but he'll be all right. Yes. <laughs> but nothing. I, have, um, I, 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 just, I just want to say, while I've lauded Graham's uh, performance in this episode, I think we should, a special mention should go to Tim as well, especially as uh, Tim Bellina. While it is, he, he carries it off really well as, you know, the female housewife, I suppose. You know, he... It, it, I think it's just a really good performance by him. You mm. sort of, Tim sort of disappears and Timbalina appears. It's the real sort of chameleon performance. And even Villain is the way that he plays off the other two. Mm. Yeah. The, the other two's performances are enlivened by the way that Bill's able to play off them, particularly yes. Tim. Mm. Mm. And the way that Bill's reacting and really getting into it. Yep. A little bit too much in some ways. <laughs> yes. yeah. Okay, so yeah, look, mixed, mixed thoughts, but it's a very... Interesting. Then, then you notice think. actually just going with the Tim thing. You notice during the chase sequence at the end, he just steps in behind the tree. Yeah. Suddenly yes. he's he's back in his back in his suit. Yes. And waist and takes the wig off, and suddenly he's just Tim again. There's yeah. no deprogramming, no nothing. He's just suddenly Tim. Yeah. Well, it's just comedy logic, isn't it? Really. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and again, I don't think it's quite clear how much Graham was in on the idea. I don't think it's also quite clear how much Tim was eventually in on mm. the plan either. Yeah. Like, had Bill convinced Tim, I know this is Graham's plan, we need you to go along with it. Mm-hmm. Or was Tim just being manipulated? And, and, and that's where I think the episode could do with that extra draft, is to refine those aspects of mm. it. Yes, and then I think those particular jokes at the end, which are sort of a bit sort of vague, would, would have hit a bit, mm. a bit more. Okay, so we'll move on to our regular segments, which we now start with tropes. So I've got a list here. <clears throat> we have two Tony Blackburn references. Yep. The Jimmy we, Savile joke. Yeah, we have the Jimmy Savile joke. We have the reference to I'm sorry, I'll read that again. Uh, we have Eddie Waring. Yep. We have little Jimmy Osmond. We have yep. Cricklewood. Yeah. Uh, any others? Tim's bald cap makes another appearance. Ah, yes, it does. Oh, mm. yeah. oh yes, indeed. It's a very good one as well. Yeah, it's yes. Yes. Yeah. He's going around in the chair. Which yes. I was thinking about this. Tim's hair in this episode, and it's a function of the era because I had vaguely similar hair at that age. It's a it's a nightmare. It's floppy. It's all over the place. And you see it in that scene where he's in the in the chair going around getting his hair washed. There's a whole lot of it. So mm. to get it under that ball cap is quite an achievement. Mm. What couldn't they get away with today? Holy God, I've had 20 <laughs> minutes of it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's hopping. Yeah, it's just not... No, no it's just not one you'd touch now. Yeah, no. Fat shaming and... no, I mean, the internet would blow up in Australia if you tried that here. and Wouldn't get on. 
this this wasn't edited here. They when they obviously showed this, they showed it uncut, mm. which is just an extraordinary reference in how <laughs> standards have changed. Yes, mm. exactly. yeah. yeah. But special mention, I think, does have to be made of eating a dead cat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that is that is out there. We then move to uh, our favourite gag. So the one that I picked, and I picked it both for the the line and for the wonderful delivery between Bill and Graham is where it cuts back to after the montage. Ah, yeah. Bill and Graham in the house and they're all, looks like they're playing darts. Mm. And you don't realise it at first because Bill says, I reckon I'll miss him. And Graham <laughs> replies, not if you aim very carefully. <laughs> and that's when you see they're throwing darts at pictures of Bill. I, yeah. It was just a really nice moment for me that I thought was really yeah. funny. Rob, what about you? I had, I had a couple. I mean, there's the sight gag of they're in the fat farm and uh, the um, one of the wardens there is uh, stirring a bowl of water with a carrot, which he tosses away, and then you know Tim drinks that and goes, oh, lovely. I think that the, the verbal joke that got me the most was when Graham picks up the phone and he's talking to Terry, and uh, Terry goes, hello, darling, and, uh, <laughs> and Graham responds like that, don't you darling me. I thought that was really <laughs> spot on and quite funny. But also the joint in the oven and shampoo the cat, so, you know, all the other way around. Richard? I've got a couple. I was going to go with the cat because I must admit that was quite unexpected. I don't remember that from what, seeing it when I was younger. And, and Graham's impersonations. Oh, look, Graham's impersonations yeah. go without saying. Mark? Uh, a couple of things for me. Uh, there's a line in there. Uh, Terry Wogan says, uh, first prize is night out with me. Second prize is night out with Tony Blackburn. Third prize is two nights out with Tony Blackburn. <laughs> <laughs> when they're doing the uh, beauty pageant and uh, Terry, inverted commas, is, uh, re- is introducing the uh, contestants, Miss Liverpool, Lord have mercy. (laughs) That was poor. (laughs) And Mrs Darlington, he certainly weighs a ton. Yes. Nothing more we can say about those, but that make uh, make me laugh quite a lot. Actually, in fact, the whole episode made me laugh. I thought it was one of the... It was a really strong effort. Well, there you go. It's an episode that's elicited mixed views from the panel, but an interesting discussion. And look, it's an interesting reflection just to go back and look at what was popular comedy back in 1975. Mm. And at that level, at least, you know, it was an enjoyable thing to do. And the audience got a lot out of it. Like, if you watch the end credits, like, they're going more, more, more. They're really, yeah. uh, they're really loving it. So you, yeah. you, you, can't, you can't doubt that this absolutely resonated with the 1975 audience. Mm. Yeah. And it, that's, that's interesting. And if we've got a few laughs along the way, even better. But next week, we are venturing to your hometown, Mark. We're going to be Not going... Not literally, to, I hope. <laughs> we're, going to be, we're going to be going to Wacky Wales. And on your way to Wales, you might take a walk in the Black Forest. You've been listening to the Goodies Pirate Podcast, the Australian podcast that puts the good in goodies. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please do leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode or your thoughts on upcoming episodes. So please drop us a line by email at pirategoodiespc at gmail.com. Send us a tweet at at pirategoodiespc or find us on Facebook at facebook.com stroke pirategoodiespc. Goodies, goody, goody, yum, yum. It seems they're always in hot water. They're so unsightly. You know, I'm ashamed even to let people see them. You know, many people suffer from dishpan hands. Needlessly? Needlessly? Yes. Have you tried this? What's that? smooth mitts mm. The gentle lotion for gentle hands. Yes, I must remember that name. smooth mitts <laughs>
Why not try some? I will. 